All right, welcome to a very special edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin, Paul Eater Jr., and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you for now, trying not to, like, just stare at our phones and, like, I'm, I'm, I turned, I've gone on silent temporarily, so all the beeps won't come through. If I see anything important come up in my messages or on my Twitter, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be short, I guess, to chime in. I'm trying to say that we're just going to try to create a little, a little free agency quick update primer here for you and then set the table for emergency pods the rest of the way out when slash if the Bengals make any news of relevance. I don't know, Jay. It, it it's, there's a lot happening in the world. So <laughs> I really can't keep up with anything anymore. Uh, but we're going to try to just at least do a one little moment in time here on, on the Bengals world. As soon as you formulate a thought on something, everything changes. It is really That's hard to keep up. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I hope your quarantine bunker is going okay. Is Do you have everything set up properly? I do. I just spent 90 minutes at the store today shopping. It was it was a little while. Grocery shopping, trying, yes. to, trying to stock up. Grocery and beer, the essentials. But of course. Uh, it was a little weird where, you know, everybody was friendly. Nobody was like ramming carts and, uh, you know, kind of that everybody giving each other that little smile. Like, can you believe we're doing this? But uh, I have a feeling it's going to get worse and it is going to get to cart ramming time. And so I, I was glad I got it out of the way. I, I've never done that in my life. My wife does all the grocery shopping. She's a, a coupon hoarder, does a great job saving money. And uh, she... Today is her last day in her office, uh, and she could not get away, and she begged me to, to take a break today and go get that done. So uh, husband points for the rest of my life for that one as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. I'm, I will be nowhere near that. I don't plan on leaving my uh, – I'm currently in the uh, the basement playground bunker, uh, the, the Paul's podcast palace of my daughter's – Every, it's so pink down here. It's just so pink. So, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. The tapestries, the TPs, the basketball hoops pink, everything. But it, pro- it probably know, helps. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very calming. Keep, yes. Uh, let's, here, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to sort of set the stage real quick and then we'll bring you, uh, more emergency pods as we go on on where the Bengals are at. So let's just try. First of all, hope everyone is doing okay out there. Stay inside. Listen to the experts. Uh, and, Hug your family, not anybody else, uh, and start there because everything else is very frivolous. It feels weird talking about all this stuff very seriously, but we're going to dive into this as a diversion. Ever We need a diversion uh, for right now. So as far as where it's at, obviously we are in the legal tampering window. As far as news, the only real news is the news that's not news, uh, just the making official of said news. And that is A.J. Green receives the franchise tag. Bengals put the tag on him, uh, and four RFA tenders were made. Um, they are the four that we anticipated, I would say. I think I believe these are the exact four we talked about last week. I, I'd have to go back and recheck it. But uh, Brandon Wilson, Seathan Carter, um, Alex Redmond, and Josh Tupo are, are the four RFAs. Um no, no surprises anywhere. Jay, you wrote about the history of the franchise tag and AJ Green. Dive into for people real quick, sort of your your takeaway of going into the full deep dive of the Bengals' relationship with the franchise tag, so to speak. 
Yeah, you know, AJ talked about it that if if he got tagged, he wouldn't like it, um, but he would play on the tag, and that's that's the thing that even though the players collectively bargained the franchise tag way back when, uh, none of them like it. They all kind of, you know, I think the reason that people say they slap the tag on a guy because it's almost like an insult and they, they take it like a slap. Um, and we've seen that in the past where this is the ninth time they put the franchise or transition tag on a guy and rarely does it end up with them agreeing to a long-term deal. Um, you have, you have guys that play the year on the tag and then, sign elsewhere. Shane Graham did that. Stacey Andrews did that. Justin Smith did that. Uh, they play their one year on the tag and they get out and they sign a free agent deal somewhere else the following year. Um, the, the last one that they, they tagged and then agreed to an extension before the deadline was Mike Nugent in 2012. Um, and then before that, you have to go all the way back to Rudy Johnson in 2005. And it was a, it was a whole different landscape in the NFL back then. Uh, it, it feels, and we've said this all along. It feels like if 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 they don't get a, a long term deal with AJ Green by the July fifteenth deadline, then twenty twenty is probably going to be the last season we see him in in Bengal stripes. Yeah. So to to sort of reset as a reminder of what we know on AJ Green uh, is one, he said he won't participate in the off season program. Now there's something. Two, everything that's happening in the world right now, there's a, the tiniest detail of that is that I would assume that we're probably not going to see much, if any, of of a Bengals offseason program happen. Um, I don't know how much they would actually do of OTAs when you consider where everything's going to be at. Um, who knows? Uh, but that's not that far off. I mean, the first reporting of phase one is supposed to be April. That's not happening. Um, and then you get into the next phase uh, would come in into the May June OTAs, and I mean, you know, who knows where we'll be at then? That's it's a big question mark on that. So perhaps the the leverage, so to speak, of AJ Green not participating in OTAs and being this you know sort of notable distraction from that might be moot um, if there is no OTAs um, for anybody. So that was what he has said. He would not, and then when it came to camp, he has said we'll have to see about that. Now there's he loses money the more you hold out during camp, so that becomes a monetary thing for him whether he wants to participate in that or not. And outside of that, it's about July fifteenth, and if they can get a long term deal done, um, you know, inevitably you're probably looking at in his him coming to the terms and not liking this, that it's in his best interest to just play out this year. And prove he can play again and hit the market next year and try to make as much money he can for his what will be his age 33 season and try to sell it as, well, look what I just did last year. And the Bengals then hoping that he does that and finds a great connection with Joe Burrow and wants to continue to do it here. And it sort of makes everyone forget of the disaster of 2019. It continues to be complicated, but that's sort of a reset of where everything stands and what everything everybody has said for those who haven't necessarily been paying attention through the whole debacle. Yeah. And I, I'd mentioned that in the piece too, where we keep saying that it's, it's, if they don't reach the deal by July 15th, it's, it's, you know, we're probably not going to see AJ back here, but that is a, a caveat there that if, if he comes in and has a great connection with, with Joe Burrow and, and a good relationship and, and, you know, that, 
the, the personalities mesh and the performance takes off, he, I, you could easily see him coming back. But, I mean, AJ's talked about that, about wanting to finish his career as a Bengal and set, you know, get these franchise records. He's, he's second in touchdown catches, receptions, and receiving yards. Uh, he's not – the touchdown catches he could break this year. He could – he needs four to pass Chad Johnson. Uh, he's not going to break the catches and, and the receiving yards this year. But if he were to sign an extension, those would almost certainly be broken. Um, even if it was a two-year extension, I, that would be enough time for him to get those done. Yeah, and, and the possibility obviously still exists out there for the Bengals to tag and trade. Um, but you know, value on that. Look, DeAndre Hopkins, which I, I, I can't, I don't have the time. You go listen to the, the Houston podcast. <laughs> People be just completely flabbergasted. I, I'm not going to attempt to explain it, but you know, DeAndre Hopkins basically gets a player, a throwaway. I mean, I, I'm going to call David Johnson a throwaway player. You consider a 28 year old running back with a $14 million cap hit, a player and, for a second round pick. So if you're, if you're trying to connect it to the Bengals, AJ Green, uh, what are you getting for a guy who's Dunder Hopkins is 27 with three more years left on his contract? Now, I'm, again, who knows how great what is going on in Bill O'Brien's head there? But the bottom line is, it was a second round pick and a kind of a throwaway player for DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think you're getting for a age 32 season with on a franchise tag needing to make an extension deal into his 30s for AJ Green? What do you think you're getting if you're talking about a trade? I don't know that you're getting enough value where you wouldn't take the chance that you go back in with him on the franchise tag. So I, we've kind of we've kind of ruled that out. I think you, you throw some more of the latest information in on there, and I think you throw it maybe out a little bit even more of, of a trade. It's a very, very, very small percentage chance that that would happen. They want A.J. Grain here. They want him with Joe Burrow. They want him to help Joe Burrow in his first year. I think it's best for both sides for him to do this. I think that's where it's at. July 15th, we will find out for sure if they sign a long-term deal or not. Um, yeah, I did mention in there, too, that, uh, you know, looking beyond Bengals history with the franchise tag, uh, last year there were six players uh, that, got, that got the franchise tag, and three of them were traded before July 15th. Uh, the the um, Frank Clark went from the Seahawks to the Chiefs. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, another one of those head scratching trades with the, with Bill O'Brien, uh, went from the Texans to the Seahawks and then D Ford went from the Chiefs to the 49ers. Um, and, and two of those guys ended up signing long-term deals with their new teams before the July 15th deadline. So it's not, it's not out of the question when you see the way that these things are kind of happening league wide, but just, it doesn't, in, when you look at AJ's situation specifically, uh, especially with his age, it doesn't seem like there would be enough out there to, to make it worthwhile for the Bengals to trade him, and and I don't, they don't want to. They they've said they want him around, so yeah, they don't they don't want to trade him. They want him to play certainly this year, and then then see what happens. Um, as far as the RFA tenders go, for those that are into such things, um, you know, those are kind of I think the standard guys. Brandon Wilson, uh, there would be a sixth round compensation if someone really wanted to take them I, I i don't know how much interest you're going to see in any four of those guys where teams are going to try to sign to an offer big enough that the Bengals wouldn't match the only one might be josh tupo but the thing about that being it's just so deep on the interior defensive line right now and free agent market the idea of someone like pinpointing josh tupo uh when there's so many other players out there and available seems 
unlikely. I think that's a chance that uh, that they're going to take. Um, you know, the, the the CBA passes on the side, uh, so they they decide not to push back the league year. I think there was a lot of people inside of a lot of buildings that would have liked to have seen them push back the league year, um, but instead, it sort of everybody goes right into the mix. Um, you are the draft is not going to move. The draft is not going to be in Vegas, or it's not going to be. Uh, something with fans or whatever, uh, but it is going to be a televised event on the same day. You're not going to have pro days. You are not going to have top 30 visits. Uh, you're not going to have any of this stuff. I, you know, that's kind of an interesting development off of that in that I do think it favors teams with those really deep scouting staffs, mm -hmm. uh, that have done so much of that area work already and, and, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals are not among them. <laughs> uh, they might not be among that uh, that that group. I think all the extra stuff that you get um, is kind of what has always evened the playing field for the Bengals in their mind on all that stuff. Like there's, they, they feel like they know plenty about everybody. But when you take everything, all that stuff away, you know, their coaches really don't get a lot of the face to face time that they want to get. I think there's an, certainly an advantage in the fact. That they did have the Senior Bowl now, uh, way bigger than they thought it was, because mm. uh, they got a lot of more face time with some of these important guys that they can pinpoint and know. And, and but you know they have a history of they these guys they bring in on these top thirties. They really like them for a reason. It tends to be a pretty good indication of their draft pool, and there's for a reason for that. They want to meet these guys. It's really important for them to do that and have them in the building. And now not doing that, not being able to do that. Um, is a hindrance for them, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't move the draft back a little bit to see if they could find a way to get some more visit-type stuff done, but, you know, they'll have to use conference calls and all that stuff. I can't wait for Mike to fire up his Skype and, uh, <laughs> and talk to Joe Furrow trying to get the buttons to work. Uh, it'll be very exciting, but it's a, a lot of interesting fallout from everything. Again, I, I had to keep hitting the disclaimer button here. Like, it's this minuscule in the big picture, but uh, interesting draft and, and free agent fallout uh, from sort of all, all of the changes to the schedule. I don't care what the league said. I, I still think there's a pretty good chance that the draft gets pushed back. I mean, we, the way things are changing so rapidly that they could, their hand could be forced. They may not have a choice but to push it back. Um, I am surprised they didn't push back free agency. This is a bad look. We're lucky enough to work in a job where we can work from home and still do some of the stuff we would normally do. But you look at all those restaurant and bar workers and just the trickle-down effect everywhere where people are out of work and trying to figure out how they're going to pay their mortgage, how they're going to pay for their other bills, their their gas, their water, all that type of stuff. And it's just a bad look, I think, for the, for the league to be out here throwing these million-dollar contracts around. Uh, it would have... It, I don't see what it would have hurt to push it back a, a little bit, but the, the NFL has always been a little tone deaf in that regard. Uh, but I still, I do, I think this, everybody says it, it's going to get worse before it gets better, and the NFL may not have a choice. They may have to end up pushing the draft back eventually anyhow. We'll see. Uh, but for now, um, it's going to be a lot of, what you know is what you know, and there's not going to be mm -hmm. a whole lot more further information. It's tough on a lot of small school guys, but that's just sort of the deal it is. Well, free agency 
uh, is off and running. So again, I just want to remind everybody, we're just kind of putting this out here, setting the table uh, on Monday. We're recording this as things fly on Monday, uh, right after we flipped over to the legal tampering window. Just kind of wanted to touch base on AJ Green and the RFAs. Um, I'm sure since we're already an hour or two in, Bengals fans have already lost their mind. You're not doing anything. I thought you were going to do something. <laughs> Just a couple hours in, so we we sit and uh, and wait. But the, yeah, wait. That that's all valid, though, man. You you your history, pre, your reputation precedes you in this case. If you're the Bengals, and and we know that they so often are left standing there holding their pants uh, while these situations happen, and they do have money allotted to try to get some stuff done with other teams, uh, and it's going to be a challenge for them to do that. Um, because convincing someone to come to the Bengals is a chore right now, boy. Especially when you can't get them in the building and try to have them meet your coaches and convince you a little bit. Because um, it, it does take some of that. You can't do that now. That makes it even exponentially harder. But they, theoretically, are going to try. We will have it all documented for you. When something big goes down, we'll drop an emergency pod for you. So we hope that you stick around. Keep... Um, you know, our stories are up on the Athletic Jays story about the history of the franchise tag, many, many, many more things. And if you're not a subscriber, a lot, all of our favorite stories are unlocked. Um, so, Jay, your favorite story was on Zach Taylor's uh, extended stay uh, at the Marriott when he first became a head coach. Yeah, six weeks with a family of six in a hotel. I want to say hotel room. It, it was, you know, it was it, it wasn't like a suite, like a Vegas suite, but it was it, it was it was a it was a residence in. It was a, it's a boutique hotel downtown. It wasn't it wasn't just like your standard small hotel room, but it was still six weeks with a husband, a wife, and four kids under nine. And just really interesting how they dealt with it and how positive they were. Um, coming out of that and how thankful they were for the staff there. And it was just, it was a really fun story to do and, and have Zach and his wife, Sarah open up about the whole experience. Yeah. If anybody hasn't read it, it's uh highly recommend it's, it's unlocked. I'll just go to the athletic and, and you fought, look at Jay's got it up on uh, Twitter along with, I think all of us have uh, our stories. Mine was uh, the one I chose because I felt it was the perfect example of what the athletic allows you to do. Uh, as a writer compared to other places you work for, uh, just, just because of their setup. And it was when, uh, <laughs> it was when, uh, the Bearcat mascot trucked four little kids and the halftime mascot <laughs> came and it went viral. And, uh, and I, I found all the, I was able to find all the kids, uh, that had gone viral for getting stiff armed and slammed into the ground and nearly de- decapitated by a mascot. Uh, and they were just the greatest. They were so funny. Uh, they gave such great perspective on it. Uh, and you throw everything else in there. The mascot declined to comment. Should be known. Uh, but <laughs> that's true. And, uh, it, it was just one of my favorite stories. And I just thought a really good example because after a Bengals, Patriots game and Jay had all the football side of things covered. I walked out of there thinking, what would I write? And all I kept thinking about was how great that Bearcat mascot trucking those kids was and how much I'd love to talk to him and said, you know, I'm just going to write that. And that's sort of what we have the freedom to do is find something that we think is interesting ourselves and just do it and have the freedom to go do it because we think you'll find it interesting too. Uh, so anyway, that is unlocked. Uh, you can find that also. I've tweeted that out. Uh, you can find the link to that story along with many, 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 many others. I think every writer, we got like 400 plus writers or whatever. I think almost all of us have uh, unlocked one of our favorite stories from this past 
year. So if you're not a subscriber and you want to check it out, it's a good way to, to dive in. And we also hope you would subscribe if you want to. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody again. Reminder, we'll, we'll, we'll be back with some emergency pods if and when something happens. Otherwise, be safe. Stay inside. Keep your distance. Hug your family. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.